Welcome back, guys, to the Fort for Blood Sports Show. Hopefully, you guys are doing well today. Today is finally the day. Football is here. Both championship games are today, the AFC and the NFC. So, hopefully, you guys have a great day also watching those games. Will be exciting. I am very excited to watch these games. It'll be very, very fun, honestly. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, one other thing I wanted to say, you know, like like normal, uh, if you guys want to, you know, message me about the podcast, you know, anything that we talk about or anything, you know, just whatever. I'll have all my social media links down below in the description. Go check them out. Message me on those. Hit me up. Let me know what your guys' thought process on, you know whatever you know if if it's anything that has to do with something that we talked about in a podcast episode that you want my more input on and you know i'd love to hear your guys's thought process on something and i'd love to give you mine as well um but yeah that'd be really fun so let me know if you guys want to do that anyway let's get into it as we have a whole actually this is a whole nfl episode today so keep that in mind we have a lot to get into, though, so let's not waste any more time, and let's get right into it. So the first thing here is the Eagles have officially agreed to terms with head coach Nick Sirianni, and then they're hiring Jonathan Gannon as their new defensive coordinator. As you guys know, this is coming off of uh, them firing Doug Peterson, and, uh, yeah. So the Jonathan Gannon, new Eagles defensive coordinator, following Sirianni being head coach. Sources are telling Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero, Gannon worked with Sirianni in Indianapolis as the defensive backs coach. So there is some chemistry there as head coach and coordinator. So that's always good to have. Tom Pelissero also continued to add that Philadelphia had also agreed to terms with Colts assistant at the time, Kevin Patulo, as their offensive pass game coordinator. Eagles offensive coordinator position the team is interviewing Broncos running backs coach Curtis Modkins and Chargers offensive coordinator Shane Steichen on Sunday. So there is that. Essentially just rebuilding this entire front office after a very, very interesting season for them. Next up here is the Buccaneers, excuse me. The Buccaneers are looking to want are looking to continue to have Antonio Brown back for the twenty one season. Oh okay, now look. Before I get into what they're gonna talk about, I wanna I wanna get into this. So these past couple of years with Antonio Brown, you know, first ever leaving Pittsburgh, you know, those last couple of years, we honestly kind of knew that his time in 
Pittsburgh was going to be it when uh, he started to have more tension, you know, he started to throw more temper tantrums, you know, never really seeing the ball, just being a really toxic player and essentially just making it really, really, you know, when you, when players become that type of player, when, when a person becomes that type of person in a lot, in a, you know, in a locker room, it becomes a toxic locker room. You know, it, he that that player will become a toxic player to the locker room, and that's just not something a head coach or an owner, or just any player on a team would want to have. So, you know, we kind of knew that. You know, when his when it did come down to his final couple of years, we honestly kind of knew it was going to be it. <clears throat> um, just because we knew how how he was acting. You know, we knew he wasn't acting. Great, you know, he was acting like a really toxic player, being really petty, you know, selfish, not, you know, whenever he didn't see the ball, throwing a tantrum, had certain game problems with Big Ben, we thought his career was it. You know, we thought, okay, though, I, you know, especially me, I thought, okay, well, his career is definitely down the drain. He could kiss that shit goodbye because I thought, you know, that's it. Okay, well, then he goes on to New England. Then New England gets rid of him. I, I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, why they got rid of him, but I'm pretty sure it's because of an injury. That he had suffered very, very early. And then New England decided to cut him. Or actually wave him. And then, after that, he's out that entire rest of that season. And then here we are now going to Tampa Bay. Now, I honestly kind of thought this was going to be a short season too. I was hoping, you know, me being a positive person, I thought, hey, I would love to see him. You know, it, it, it really sucked to see him the way that, it, you know, the way that it was, the way that it ended in Pittsburgh, I thought, okay, this really sucks because that was such a perfect team. And, as good as a as good as a you know as good as a player Antonio Brown is, uh, it really pained me to see him going through this type of you know downslide you know this type of you know this type of uh, negative impact you know this type of negative uh, force like. I just, I didn't like to see that negativity with Antonio Bronco. I always thought he was such a good player, and I liked him seeing him on the team, on team, uh, you know, playing. And I, I just, I didn't want to see his career end like that. And for a lot of people, including me, I thought it was. And then when he comes to Tampa Bay, though, now, you can say whatever you want about him. Me, personally, I honestly thought I was, I was going to, you know, Cause I don't agree when players are like that. So I, I, I was, I was, you know, I didn't hate the guy. I, I don't know him personally, so I didn't really hate him. I was just kind of, I was just kind of like, I was kind of disappointed in him, because I just, I didn't like that, and there was no good coming out of it, and. When he got to Tampa Bay, I thought, you know what, this may be a short stint just like it was in New England. 
And then he's here for the entire season. Okay. And like I said, you could say whatever you want about him. But me personally, I like him now. I like him again. I think that he's cleaned up his attitude. I haven't seen or heard anything. To my knowledge, I haven't seen or heard anything with Antonio Brown this entire season. He's got a fresh restart here in Tampa Bay. Essentially a redo a redo of his career. You can't redo the Pittsburgh years, but essentially redoing his career. You know what I mean? I like him. I don't know. I, I think that he's become a a better person now. I think he's kind of cleaned up his act. I think he maybe was just at an immature stage at the time. He has matured now. And uh yeah, I, I just I, I don't know. I, I think he's personally I think he's really cleaned it up. I think he's you know, just doing a lot better. But, um, so continuing, I'm going to get into what they're going to talk about now in the article. So, the first thing they get into here is obviously they like to run it back with veteran wide receiver Brown. Ian Rapp report reports that the Bucks want to bring back, want to bring Antonio Brown back 21 season. So, one year deal in late October, eight games this season. 45 receptions for 483 yards and four TDs. That is not bad, considering when he started. Three receptions for 59 yards and a score during Tampa Bay's current playoff run. Will miss today, though, versus the Packers due to a knee injury. I did talk about that. And that is that for that. So, yeah. They didn't have anything else to really talk about, but I just, you know, wanted to toss that in there about what I want, about what I said. I just, I don't know. I, I like him now. I think he's definitely turned a new leaf. Good for Antonio Brown. I, don't, I think that this is the last thing a lot of people were expecting. But, yeah, obviously, it, it kind of sounds as if he did all that just to, you know, it, it clearly says, like, being with Tom Brady again here in Tampa Bay, it clearly shows that he wanted to be with Tom Brady um, and that he wanted out of Pittsburgh for that reason. I'm sure there's many other ways that could have gone, if could he could have gone about it. But, you know, he is, you know, all because he's an NFL player doesn't mean he can't be human. He made a mistake. It is what it is. He's showing his intentions now, which is honestly really, really good. I'm, I'm happy to see his career not taking a shit. So that's that's good to see. All right, next thing here is the Lions are potentially going to hire former Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn as offensive coordinator. And I say it like that because it's not official yet. It is just a very, very high possibility you're looking into him, possibly going to interview him, unless they already have. So to fill their vacant offensive coordinator position, the Lions are looking to former Hire former head coach Anthony Lynn. Michael Lombardi of The Athletic first reported the news. Anthony Lynn, who is now 52 years old, continues to take shape, is joining a Detroit staff that continues taking shape after the team announced earlier in the day that Saints secondary coach Aaron Glenn has signed on to be the new defensive coordinator. Lynn's arrival also continue, also comes a few hours after the NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Okay, I'm going to get into that a little bit later, I believe. Yep, so, well, am I? 
Damn, I don't have an actual article about this. So, what I was going to say is... Well, I wasn't going to say because I thought I had an article for it, but I guess I don't. Tom Pillow Server had reported that star, Matt, that star quarterback Matthew Stafford has requested a trade from the team. And there must have been one. I must have forgot to put it in here. If I can find it, though, when I'm editing this, I guess you guys will know by the time it's up if I ended up finding it. But, you know, if it's in there, I found an article. I'm going to put it in the description box if I can find it because it's my fault that's not in there. So I will. T- I, I talked about it now, but I will I will actually put the article in there. Um, or I'll just try to find one about it and then I'll put it in there. So you guys will see it if it's in there watching this right now. So this is 19 days. Anthony Lynn is joining this Detroit team. 19 days after he was fired by the Chargers following a disappointing 2020 season. Closed the campaign with a four-game winning streak. The Chargers had finished with a 7-9 record. Close losses, too. A lot of them. Number of close losses. And I discussed that earlier in the year, too. So, yep, there is that. You know, it, it, it talks about more, but it's just kind of gibbering on about the Chargers season and stuff, so... But yeah, so there is that. And next here is Chiefs Patrick Mahomes is, no, this is coming in after he has been cleared of uh, concussion protocol. Except now they're saying that Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes is also suffering from a turf toe injury and is not really 100% to play. So this could play a big factor in today's game. So while he is cleared and NFL's concussion protocol, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes's injury is not the uh, Patrick Mahomes's head injury is not the only thing to con, to uh, at the concern. He was diagnosed with a turf toe injury this left following, and his left foot following the divisional round win over the Browns. Not not hearing about it really till now. He didn't hear about this during the week. An injury that limited his effectiveness on the field last week and during practice this week. Mahomes currently has no injury status and took almost all the reps during the week of practice that most clo- more closely resembled a slew of walkthroughs. Clear protocol as injury status was removed and he'll play versus the Bills. Yeah, he's going to play on turf toe. It- it's essentially all turf toe is, if you guys don't know. It's essentially just like a really bad bruise. Uh, I believe it's just a really bad bruise of the toe, uh, of your big toe, actually. It's a it's a specific injury to a specific toe, and it is the big toe. I believe it's just really bad bruising. Uh, I'm sure he'll, you know, he's going to play through that. But it, it might affect his running, though. You know, it might affect his scrambling skills. So we'll see. I don't know if this will limit his, like I said, I don't know if this will limit him running today, scrambling a whole lot, making these all, you know, incredible plays. So, you know, the Buffalo Bills might have this on their side, this uh, this injury, not 100%. So, but um, this is what Mahomes actually had to say of, you know, of his toe injury. 
by saying, quote, the next day was very sore, and every single day since then it's gotten a lot better, end quote. So yeah, he'll he'll definitely play. He's he's not gonna they're not gonna put him on injury report for that, especially if he's gonna play. Um The only time a player really should get put on it is the injury report is if it's serious enough to where they are questionable to play. Um uh, if it's worth putting in, but if it's an injury that they know he's gonna play through, I don't think you should have to put it on, put him on it, you know, because he's not questionable, he's gonna play. So, okay, and then here is the Saturdays, the, the final, as you guys know, during the week, and you may be like, Anthony, didn't you just do this, like, last episode, like, yeah, I did, but during the week, they do an injury report and a roster, and roster news reports for every single day that things change, had, leading up to every single week. So like last week they had one every single day of the week. You know, this same article leading up every day of the week until divisional round. They did it every day of this week going up until the championship Sunday because things change every single day. They get pe- players that were on it before get taken off and players that were never on it before get put on. And this is the final one. This was the final one until today. This is the final Injury in roster news report of the week. So here's all the most notable things before the remainder of the things that they want to talk about here. There is actually a lot on here, so I may not read it all. Uh, I might just read the important things. Receive anyway. The first thing here is the Chiefs have received more good news on the injury with cornerback Brashad Breland clearing concussion protocol. The team announced Saturday. Breedland will no longer have a game status designation on the Chiefs injury report, ensuring the veteran cornerback will play Sunday's AFC Championship game versus the Bills. Okay, the second, um, next thing here is the Chiefs also elevated receiver Marcus Kemp and defensive back Chris Lamons from practice squad. Okay. And here's the other uh, roster news and injury reports the NFL was monitoring on Saturday. Packers corner Tremont Williams has been activated from practice squad to the active roster as COVID-19 replacement. Williams is 37. Okay, I'm not going to get the rest of that there. Brian Price and cornerback... Kelver Ray Russell were also elevated from the practice squad to the active roster. Punter Ryan Winslow was also signed to the practice squad while running back Dexter Williams was released. Bills have elevated receiver Kenny Stills and cornerback Dane Jackson from practice squad. Signed kicker Tristan Viscaino to the practice squad and released corner Duke Thomas from the practice squad. Sunday would be Stills' Buffalo debut, signed with the team's practice squad on January fourth. Prior to joining to the prior to joining the Bills, um, I 
see. Next thing here is the Buccaneers elevated safety Javon Hagen and offensive lineman Ted Larson from the practice squad. San Francisco is Fortnite are hiring former Giants defensive coordinator James Betcher in a senior defensive role. Um Patrick Mahomes. Los Angeles Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald was fined $10,000 for yanking Packers offensive lineman Elton Jenkins' face mask after a play in the divisional round. And the final thing here is the Browns have signed wide receiver Ryan Switzer to the reserve futures list. Switzer spent part of the 20 season on the Browns practice squad after his release from Pittsburgh. Uh, and there is the official um, injury report and roster news ahead of championship Sunday, the final one. This was actually yesterday for Saturday's injury report, and this was the final one before today's games. So there's that, that you guys all need to know, the, the complete one for the week. And then here is the last couple things. The NFL has sent a memo. This was on the 20th. These last two things were from January 22nd, just letting you guys know. The NFL has sent out a memo detailing pre-draft rules regarding draft-eligible players. So just ahead of this draft this year to understand what's going on. A memo obtained by Tom Pelissero and the NFL uh, informed NFL teams Friday of a slew of new pre-21 draft rules relating to host hosting and interacting with draft-eligible players. These latest updates to the pre-draft process come four days after the NFL announced format changes for the 21 scouting combine, which I did not see, actually. I didn't see that article. All teams are prohibiting from prohibited from timing, testing, interviewing, in-person, or giving medical exams to any draft prospect outside of the school's pro day or an all-star game because of ongoing concerns surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic. And this is a statement given by a current NFL player that is anonymous. Quote, the presence of a college player at a club's facility is prohibited, even if the player has been invited by a current... Oh, my bad. This is... Okay, my bad. Stop by an NFL player. I don't know who this is from, but it's a statement given by someone. I'm going to restart by saying, quote, The presence of a college player at a club's facility is prohibited, even if the player has been invited by a current NFL player. If a college player appears at a club's facility, he should be advised that his presence is prohibited by NFL rules and should be requested to leave immediately. A violation of this type will subject the involved club and club employee to appropriate penalties under the league's anti-tampering policy. End quote. Also details a league-wide ban on private workouts, facility visits, dinners, and film sessions with prospects. Schools hosting pro days are allowed to a maximum of five players classified as, quote, designated underclassmen, end quote, to participate. Clubs will be limited to three reps, any pro day, not currently allowed to attend any combine-type event or similar workout sessions that are not affiliated with the NFL. All the attend all the attendees will have to wear a P will have to wear a PPE and practice social distancing. Commit 
These these NFL teams can be can start conducting phone or inter video interviews with underclassmen January twenty fifth and seniors on February first. The last day for telephone and video conferences with the draft eligible players April twenty eighth, the day before the draft. So there is that just kind of a memo out to all teams. And then the final thing here is former Lions head coach Matt Patricia is returning to New England in multi in a multifaceted coaching staff role. Fired Lions coach is returning to New England in a new role that will combine scouting and working with the Patriots coaching staff. Ian Rappaport did report Friday. Patricia heads back to Massachusetts, Massachusetts following a disappointing stint in Detroit, where the coach finished with a 13-29-1 record in three seasons, was fired by the Lions following the team's blowout loss at home on Thanksgiving, bringing an end to a once-hopeful tenure. Patricia, ser Patricia served as Belichick's defensive coordinator from 12 to 17, earning his second and third Super Bowl victories in that span. Won his first as an offensive assistant and his first year at the Patriots in 04. After three years away from New England, Patricia is returning to where he spent his NFL coaching career prior to accepting the Lions job. His new job is intriguing considering he hasn't held any format, formal front office job in his, in his time in the pro game. But it could end up being valuable experience of a staff in which Belichick's personnel desires end up guiding the organization's direction. So, that is exciting to see. But anyway, guys, that's actually going to do it for today's episode of the Full Court Blood Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode and being here with me. I really do appreciate it. Again, I'm going to have all my links down below. If, if, you, if there's anything in this today's episode that kind of sparked your interest, feel free to hit me up on the social medias down below. Uh, if you guys want to talk about it, get my, you know, I would love to hear your guys' thought process on something and I'd love to give you get mine. I'd love to give you guys mine as well. But yeah, so have fun watching the football games today. Have a great rest of your weekend. And uh, yeah, again, this has been the Full Court Blood Sports Show and I will speak to you guys later. Anyway, guys, that's actually going to do it for today's episode of the Full Court Blood Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode and being here with me. I really do appreciate it. Again, I'm going to have all my links down below. If, if, you, if there's anything in this today's episode that kind of sparked your interest, feel free to hit me up on the social medias down below. Uh, if you guys want to talk about it, get my, you know, I would love to hear your guys' thought process on something and I'd love to give you get mine. I'd love to give you guys mine as well. But yeah, so have fun watching the football games today. Have a great rest of your weekend. And uh, yeah, again, this has been the Full Court Blood Sports Show, and I will speak to you guys later.